Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hey guys, it's time for another installment of the Corner 3 Podcast. So excited to be talking award ceremonies way too early. Way, way too early. But we're going to give our predictions on this week's show. We have a special guest with us. Let's go ahead and introduce the great panel, as always, our Hoops hype man, Alex Derrickson. What's up, everybody? How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm great, man. It's great to hear your voice. I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> Do my velvet tones soothe your ears? Totally. How'd you know? Because uh, I got, like, this weird, like, bass SMR kind of thing going on, I think. <laughs> That's exactly how I would describe it, actually. <laughs> Our Hoops historian, Sean Mackey. Sean, what's going on, man? What's up? You, you living the dream <laughs> over there? <laughs> What'd you, got, you say? You living the dream over there? I'm living the dream, yeah, man. I'm, I'm right here with you guys so yes the dream is is living yeah and we're going to introduce our special guest joining us this week you might know him from the almighty baller podcast network where he has amazing shows such as hoops historians the fast break his own show the almighty balling podcast this is chris axman chris thank you for being a guest on the corner three wait so is sean the hoop historian yeah sean i'll see you in court (laughs) (laughs) hey uh i didn't name my myself that so you can you can talk to tim <laughs> i'll see okay. i'll see tim i'll see both of you guys in court and bring your parents also <laughs> first rule of nicknames maybe you can't give yourself a nickname you can't blame sean for this <laughs> oh but what about okay right. so let's give an award for best nickname can't go around calling myself a hammer well, okay okay best award for best nickname given to yourself is joel Embiid calling himself the process yes that is excellent yes Love it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Award um, prediction number one. <laughs> so I actually put a thing on Twitter last week. Um, I said that I'm Tim Daniel, vice president of the Joel Embiid fan club, and Sean Mackey being the president of that fan club. So we're on the same page here. The prostitute. Yeah. Prostitent. I don't know, man. <laughs> so, let you guys know what's coming up in this show. We are going to go ahead and get into our award ceremony, who we think is going to be taking home some hardware at the end of this 82-game season as we get ready for that. Uh, so we're going to touch on that a little bit. I know later in the show, we're going to give you a little quick preview on the OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder post-Kevin Durant, a little Miami Heat action post-Dwayne Wade, so give our thoughts there. Uh, gentlemen, let's get right to award ceremony. It is time to give what we think we're going to win. We've got our Venn diagrams to say who's going where for this season. So, guys, let's start <laughs> a little on the side there. We don't have to go crazy. We don't have to do first, second, third team NBA because that would just take too much time. But let's go to Defensive Player of the Year, the last couple winners being Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green, two guys who have really stepped their game up there. Um, Alex, we'll start with you, man. I know you uh, had the idea of doing the top three who you thought could go there. So give us you know, who you got have in your list for Defensive Player of the Year and why you particularly p- picked that group. All right, so I'm officially calling this the pre-post-preseason awards. <laughs> Fair. Yes. All right. Yeah. So going into Defensive Player of the Year, I'm actually going for my number three is Hassan Whiteside. Oh, nice. I, I think it's it's put up or shut up with that contract. Uh I think he's going to have a lot of time to do his thing. I think he's going to really excel, be in the focus of, of his team and everything. Also, honorable mention, I did go Draymond Green. Uh, two, because I, as I've said, I think Cleveland's taken the foot off the gas a little this season. I want to see LeBron James be second for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's got it. He's got the blocks. He's got the rebounds. He's got the steals ability. I mean, why not chase that? Uh, number one, repeating Kawhi Leonard. I just love the guy. I have to. I'd I'd actually just give it Kawhi Leonard. I would just give him all the awards if I could. But <laughs> he's not a rookie, and I don't have a time machine. The Kawhi Leonard trophy for the NBA champion at the end of the year? Uh, I think he just deserves most valuable man. Just <laughs> just as an all-around NBA person, just as an entity, here is your award, sir. Thank you. Yeah. I, most I, valuable <laughs> Kawhi. Most valuable Kawhi. <laughs> so Whiteside's a really good name there. I actually really like that you brought him in the group. Um, you know, obviously last year was the year he really jumped out of nowhere. He has the huge battle where uh, Harrison Fagan told us a couple weeks ago that he was really thought the Lakers really missed out on not getting um, Whiteside in that circumstance. So what particularly made jump, uh, Whiteside jump out to you in your group of three? Uh, like I said, I mean, he, he's got the money now. Uh, I think with with Miami and everything being in the position they're in, 
Uh, it's going to revolve a bit more around him uh, not having Bosch this year, and everything's a big deal. Uh, I just I think it's a good chance for him to really maybe get a chance to do more defense and everything. Uh, he was just a name that I was like, yeah, I could see that happening. I don't think he was going to win, but I think he could maybe. It's a, it's a dark horse, we'll call it. Yeah, I agree. So, the almighty baller himself, who would you put in your top three for Defensive Player of the Year this year? Okay, well, um, I'm going to start number three, actually, with Kawhi. And I think part of the reason for that is because Kawhi might be in for bigger things this year. I I think that there's a hole, there's a Steph Curry-shaped MVP hole that he's going to be competing for. So I think voters might, uh, you know, tend towards him for their MVP and not want to have a situation where a guy like Kawhi wins MVP and DPOY. So I've got him third. Second is just like the guy before me, LeBron James. We saw in the finals this year really what was the defining play of his career in Game 7. That chase down block on Andre Iguodala will live in fame and infamy for eternal always. And I have actually a flipbook style tattoo of it starting in the top left of my back and going all the way to the bottom where each freeze frame of him blocking that ball up against the glass is uh, etched into my skin forever. And I've never regretted it for a second. So yeah, I I've talked to Dave McMenamin. I've talked to the guys at fear the sword about this possibility and they're skeptical, but Hey, I mean, like I, I mean, actually I'm not going to say that I'm better than Dave McMenamin. He does a great job. My number one for DPOY is Rudy Gobert. Um, You know, it seems for a lot of reasons that this might be the Jazz year. Even that Hayward injury is like a very, you know, the type of injury that isn't going to affect him long term. Once it heals, it'll heal. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, six weeks sounds terrible until you realize that there's already, you know, that's going to be half done by the time the season actually starts. So they're barely going to miss him, I feel, especially with their depth. And then Rudy Gobert, I mean, the defensive stalwart on a newly minted 50 plus win team. I mean, you got to give it to him. The Stifle Tower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Sean, you got to follow that up, man. What do you got? Well, now mine's going to sound like everyone else's, guys. So, <laughs> I, you know, so it's not like I'm going to sound original or anything, but I do. I will go with my, uh, my honorable mention first, uh, which is Avery Bradley. I'm going to go with him. Uh, I think he's kind of a Tony Allen type guy, and I think you know it, the, he has a very slim possibility of winning. But he's my he's my outside of the box guy. Uh, after that, I'm going to go with Hassan Whiteside, like Alex. I he what else is he going to do down in Miami this season right. besides block shots and get rebounds? I really wish he would have went to LA like he was supposed to. Like I think he would have been fantastic. On the Lakers, he would have been so fun on that team. Yeah, man, but he's now pulled, he's, he's pulled just the be... WWE superstar and legend Virgil's motto of getting fuck money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's doing it, man. Um, I think he's another two, great I'm, center I'm, in the long legacy of centers who have said no to Dallas and decided to go somewhere else. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, after that, I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert as well. I think this is his year, and Utah, the Utah. Jazz are a playoff team, I think. I mean, they're they could go either way, but I I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And he's he's the number one international basketball player right now, I think. And uh, you know, he's he's going to block shots. He's going to get boards. He's so young. He's so long. He's he's going to be awesome. And uh, but my my number one pick, I think Kawhi is going to three peat as uh, DYOP. So, and for Defensive obvious reasons, you guys have already, yes, yes. So there, that is my three plus one. That's, that's fair. I like this. So my honorable yeah. mention, I guess would be Jimmy Butler because there's only be one guy on the bulls that can play defense. Yes. So <laughs> that's where Jimmy buckets comes in. Um, my three is going to be Andre Drummond. I think his rebound or block title total is just really stepping up still. He's continued to get better in that circumstance. Um, we know he's not obviously going to hit free throws, so he's got to be some of his value entity to that team. So I think he's going to play a big part there. Um, and I guess I'm going to go the cliche route because I think uh, Alex had Draymond as an honorable mention. Draymond's my two. I know the Golden State's going to be stacked everywhere uh, just because they're just not fair. And um, But, uh, you know, Draymond continues to be an excellent defensive player in and out on a nightly basis. 
And my number one's Kawhi. Um, I'm with you guys. I think LeBron's going to be in the category. I think he's going to be a huge asset to this team, like always. And I think defensively, he's going to continue to get better. He himself has said he wants to win Defensive Player of the Year for his time's up. But I'm, I, I just think that Kawhi is the guy. Um, you know, I, I agree with Chris. I think he could definitely compete for MVP this year. Um, but for some reason, I'm just feeling the Kawhi train for the DP, DPOY for another year running. Friendly reminder, San Antonio got Kawhi Leonard for George Hill. <laughs> George Hill's a really good player, man. We'll see how the Pacers do without him. But, I mean, yeah, Kawhi's a lot better. So right. <laughs> awesome. I love it. So that's uh, wrap, That's our DPOY request there. So, guys, let's go on the other side there. Uh, Rookie of the Year is a very interesting conversation we've had so far this year as far as um, – it's a big. It was you know it wasn't exactly the deepest draft class we've seen in the, in the past decade, um, but we have seen a lot of talent step up. We're seeing some guys really uh, show some stuff in the uh, preseason. Brandon Ingram really looks like he's fitting well in LA so far. Um, to mention name, obviously Ben Simmons out for about three months with a broken foot plays a part in this. So Sean, we'll start with you, man. Uh, Rookie of the year. I know we've had this conversation a lot already on the show so far. Uh, who, who did you put in your group and as far as your three? Um, an honorable mention. Gosh, uh, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with I. I want to say Ben Simmons, but I really don't think he's gonna play this year. <laughs> right. Um, I. I'll go with I'll go with Brandon Ingram. I guess is my honorable mention. I don't think he's gonna get as much playing time since Luol Deng's gonna start, but um, he's. My honorable mention this season. I, I think I really wish he was starting because I think he's ridiculously talented and long, and he can shoot the ball. And he's not going to get half of the opportunities that Buddy Heald is. But um, he's uh, it's uh, he's my honorable mention. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, let's see. This one to me was the hardest to predict. <sighs> as far as honorable mention, I guess I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. Uh, honorable mentions like bronze, right? Like third possible, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, I I do have some doubts about him in a starting role. I think that that's perhaps not the best way to acclimate him into the league. And I think that what we're going to see in Gentry's offense is he is going to try to play Anthony Davis at the center a lot more. And I really like Buddy Heald more when he was playing next to like guys like you know Alexis Ajinka or Omer Osik because – they're big, immovable walls who can set picks for him, and he can curl off those picks and shoot semi-open you know, jump shots from deep. But now that he doesn't really have that, as good as Anthony Davis is, he can't really set picks. And uh, that being said, he's going to have the minutes, and you know, maybe he's you know, going to have a better rookie showing than I think he is. Uh, for mine, I went with Jamal Murray. Oh, nice. Uh, Very nice. I, I think it's going to be another one of those situations like we talked about when we did the fast break for Denver where he's going to get a lot of opportunities because it's, I mean, there's going to be a lot of rotating parts in Denver. Uh, so I think I, he's injured. Yeah, and I, I think he's going to he's gonna get a really good opportunity in this season. And I could see him, you know, like I said, not, not hitting the top three or anything, but definitely like making waves at least amongst the rookies. I would Sabonis, man, because after Oladipo, Adams, and Westbrook, OKC's going to need something. Um, and yeah. I think they're going to try to cash in big on that trade from get, uh, when they got rid of Ibaka bringing in uh, Sabonis. I think to be like, I think he's going to be one of their go-to guys there. Um, so I, I think really that could be the circumstance where he steps in and gets his chance and potentially being in this list. I like that. That's a super dark horse. Yeah. I almost went Dragon Bender, but I didn't want to make Sean too excited. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. My number three. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Chris Dunn. Uh, oh. I I would probably uh, I I would probably go higher if I knew he was starting. I don't think he will. I he might earn it though. I don't really. But I there's rumblings now that Thibodeau really really likes Ricky Rubio and he thinks that he can make him even better defensively. So he's gonna roll with that. He's you know this is a guy who ran. Uh, ran a starting lineup with Keith Bogans for a little while, you know, and was able to make them really good with that. So I, I, I like Chris Dunn a lot. I, I think he's on the perfect team, and you never know what's going to happen. Ricky Rubio is prone to injuries. So, uh, um, but uh, he has a good shot. I don't think it's as, you know, 
I, I don't think he's going to have the same opportunity like before what I said with, with Buddy Heald. I think Buddy Heald is going to have more opportunity. And when it comes down to Rookie of the Year, it, it's, it's about points. I mean, that's why Michael Carter-Williams won a few years ago. <laughs> you know, so... I, it, and it was just, you know, whoever whoever's averaging the most and, you know, averaging, you know, you know, marginal stats and other other areas is usually the guy who wins. So that's my number three pick. All right. Well, wait, wait. So I'm up now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, um, I guess for number two, I'll go uh, Dario Saric. I mean, he's definitely going to have the minutes there. There's not a whole lot of guys on the 76ers who can make plays outside of, um, I think, Fernandez was their point guard pickup. And they're going to need to think creatively. And luckily, I think Coach Brown, you know, has, you know, been forced to think creatively with, like, the crappiest lineup in the league year after year. But also, you know, he, he's he been really creative with the uh, Australian team, you know, in, in the prior couple Olympics. So I think that... You know, Darius Arch is going to be given the ball and the opportunity to create, and he sort of controls his own destiny from there. And, uh, you know, you guys mentioned, like, counting stats is a big thing. Like, someone has to score on the 76ers. He's a tall guy, so he's going to get rebounds. And, you know, heck, maybe someone will accidentally make a bucket and he'll get an assist. <laughs> I, uh, I have Brandon Ingram. Um I don't know if you guys saw that video of him playing Julius Randle one-on-one, like first one to three or whatever. Uh, I don't know how playful the game was. It looked very, like, easygoing. But holy crap, did he look terrible on post-E? <laughs> it was the first thing I watched. I'm like, man, he's just, like, getting torched down there. I know this is friendly and everything, but good lord. So I don't know how that's going to work. But like you, like Sean said, you know, it's more like stats and how voluminous you are. Uh, I think he's he's going to do a lot in L.A. once he eventually starts. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go, um, and I'm going the process, guys. I'm all about the Joel Embiid. I'm on the train. The preseason is showing what he could potentially be with his ceiling there, which means this is going to be horribly wrong because I'm projecting it, and that's what I've learned in all my other shows in the past. So, yeah, let's go the Embiid train. I think that uh, this, the, the time has come for the process. Toot, toot. That was my train impression. I liked it. <laughs> ah. All right, am I up? Yeah, man. All right, okay. So, yeah, uh, I got to say, that was a well-timed toot-toot since I am continuing the Joel Embiid train. My number one pick, Rookie of the Year, is Joel Embiid. First of all, I don't know who to pick. Might as well go with someone who's interesting, and I'll seem like a genius if he actually does win, and it'll seem like a joke if he doesn't. So it's like a win-win for me, I think. And, uh, you know, the reality is, like, he's just also really, really good. And he's shown flashes and limited minutes in preseason. And the last game that the 76ers played in the preseason, I think last night, was up against the Grizzlies. And I'm sure you guys know that Marcus Gasol's a pretty good center. And now okay. they're bringing... Yeah, right. Um, and now that they're bringing Zach Randolph off the bench, they're playing him at center. So Joel Embiid was playing that whole game against, you know, Marcus Hull starting and then in bench center, you know, matchups. He was playing against Zach Randolph. Not easy guys to deal with. And he held his own and, you know, performed admirably. He missed his first three shots, made three out of his next four swatted a couple shots, got five rebounds, and he did it all in, like, 15 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who should not be acceptable after just drinking Shirley Temples for two years straight and <laughs> not playing any basketball. But he looks really, really good. And I just, you know, 20 games from now, once the regular season starts, I think, uh, you know, he's going to start to look like, you know, the process is going to get processed Pro- I don't know. The process is processing. You know, I don't know. I'll, I'll come back. I'll put it in workshop. <laughs> I like it. I think you're on to something We're just there. spitballing, right? That's all. <laughs> yeah. It's a process. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you got outpunned there for a second. Well, I think we skipped Sean. So Sean. We did. So I will do co-rookie of the years then <laughs> because I cannot pick between Joel Embiid and Buddy Hill. I think Buddy's going to get it, barring injury. I just, he's, I just got lit up on two. 
2K would buy him too, which even further solidified me picking him. But uh, Joel Embiid, I want him to win. I hope he does. Um, so it's going to be a close race between those. Last night, Joel Embiid tore it up again in uh, 12 minutes. He had 13 points, five boards, and a block. So, I mean, like, in the, in, in the small increments we've seen of him, he has played really well. I'm so excited for him. I didn't think I would ever be saying that. I hope he doesn't get hurt again. I fear he will. Um, but uh, if if he's as good as, I mean, did Brett Brown compare him to Tim Duncan the other day? He did. I mean, I mean... I, I don't know what to think. He is a complete enigma. I I hope he's as good as as everybody's you know thinking he is right now. Um, but uh, my number one is gonna be Buddy Hill. So I like it. Yeah, uh, I have nothing to say. We're flip flopping them. Those were mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to yeah. Say there are some decent under the radar guys that could really be pretty good in this class. So like Dante Murray there in San Antonio, like that is a Popovich player. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that is a Popovich kind of player that he molds and makes something special. I think when the dust settles, Jamal Murray might be the second or third best player in this draft. Um, I think that there's a concern in Denver as far as depth. Maybe on game one or game two of the season, they'll trade, like, 15 guards to (laughs) Sacramento for, (laughs) I don't know. Various clones of Emmanuel Moutier get shipped off throughout the league. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, something like that, and you know the uh, the uh, the Red Sea of starting time will open up for him. But up until that happens, Jamal Murray, I just don't think we'll have the opportunity. Talent wise, definitely, Ingram's an interesting pick. I just like he's like fourteen years old, I think, and and that's the problem. Um, you know, it looks his- like when uh, in Pinky and the Brain, when Brain decided to become a country music star. As Bubba Bo Bob Brain, they're framed identical. It's just like all lower torso. <laughs> yeah, he just like he he looks like a, a a scarecrow, and like I just I I don't know. I'm concerned. I think that perhaps Luke Walton knows better than to put too many minutes into a guy who's built like that. Because I mean. <sighs> His risk of Paul George leg snappy type injuries, I, I think, is going to be significant, and I would bring him along slowly. So, I think that was, that was that was something that Luke Walton had said that he wanted to bring Ingram off the bench to keep his body in shape because of how grueling the season can be. So, I, hopefully, that is something that he sticks to. Though I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I just think like you know, as much as I don't like the whole college farm system. He is just one of those guys who, I mean, he's a full, I think he might be more than a year younger than Ben Simmons. And that says something, you know, like mm-hmm. Ben Simmons looks more like a man and Ingram, like I said, is 14. Um, and that's, <laughs> you know, a little a little too young to be playing uh, against guys who will, you know, snap you in half if they land on you wrong. That's true. So just to recap here real quick, this is this week's edition of the Corner 3. Plus one, you can call us a four-point play this week with Chris Axe of the Almighty Ball and Podcast Network joining us as we're going through our award predictions. Gentlemen, the most difficult, frustrating award probably in the NBA coming into this year. Um, the Sixth Man of the Year Award's a really interesting award. Um, a lot of guys could be candidates. I mean, even with position battles still going on for starting spots, this could change in any time as we get right closer to the season. Um... I guess I'll start this one here, and then Chris will have you pick up what I'm done if you'd like. Um, I think the, this is kind of like a really difficult one. My number three is a total dark horse because I just think it's bound to happen. We know this guy can't play defense, but he can score, and I think that's what you look for in a sixth man. I think Doug McDermott is going to have a shot sixth man this year. Not a good one. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm going on a limb here. What, what kind of Kool-Aid did you drink today, man? <laughs> oh, dude, it's a total it, it, Were you told by anyone in robes that a man in his golden spaceship would be picking you up anytime soon? Well, here's the thing. Did I'm a thinking... guy from Iowa State put a gun to your head? Fred Hoiberg? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe someone named Fred Hoiberg. Here, here's my know. thinking. Here's my thinking. We all know they can't shoot for shit. Like, that's the obvious part. Um, we know they're not going to be able to play defense. Another obvious part. Um, we know that Nikola Mirotic is probably not going to develop in what we hoped he was going to be. Like, it's just... And we know Taj Gibson's basically done. Um, so, 
You know, guys like Bobby Portis, I think, are going to be a big part of this team. And I think they're going to try to push these young guys. Hoiberg's going to put McDermott a chance to score baskets. So he's my dark horse. Very, very distant number three. To Jamal Crawford at two. The repeating sixth man of the year. He's won it many a times. He might get his his, uh, jersey retired by the Clippers as far as being a sixth man for the contributions he's had there. And I will go cliche here as far as, you know, this the Warriors and how their depth, and I've mentioned it before. I think Audrey Iguodala backing up Kevin Durant is going to be a huge part of that team. And as far as, like, Golden State isn't exactly strength in numbers anymore with the losses they've had. But I think Iguodala is going to be a huge part of that bench crew for this team. Love all those. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that Iguodala as you know, the pick for the guy on the Warriors who are going to win, like, 87 games this year. You know, a a lot of people are going to be intentionally not voting for the Warriors, and I think that it's almost humbling to get the Sixth Man of the Year award. You know, Andre Iguodala, you know, has has mentioned more than once that he doesn't really like the award and, like, doesn't really want it, you know? Um, And I think that that's exactly why the league is going to give it to him. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, I mean, I, I have him at second, though. Um, and right behind him, I have Inez Cantor. To me, it really depends on whether or not he's actually going to be the sixth man by the end of the year. I think he might get the starting job over Steven Adams. Uh, I, I think that needs to happen, or else I don't think the Thunder are going to be able to score. But this preseason looks like they're either going to have to choose to not score or to not defend and oh my god, it looks bad. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my number one pick is Eric Gordon. I mean, it's oh, not nice. just James Harden who's going to benefit from all the points that D'Antoni is going to, you know, stuff the stockings full on this uh, Christmas Rockets team. I, I, I think you know Eric Gordon. One, he's there's going to be plenty of lineups where he's going to be playing alongside Harden. Probably not quite enough to make him a starter, but you know, just enough that. He'll probably average like 16 points off the bench and shoot, you know, the same 40% from three that he pretty much always has. And I, I don't buy his injury concerns as much as I buy certain other guys' injury concerns. I think that he's just run into a rash of bad luck. And also, he just hated his last two teams, so there's that. So, Yeah, I like all those, Chris. Those are all good. I, I, I like the Eric Gordon pick a lot. He's, uh, he's going to be interesting this season. He's gonna, like you said, it, him in a D'Antoni system is gonna be fun. So, for my three, what I'm gonna go with, I, I'm gonna go piggyback a little bit on Chris. I'm gonna say Enos Ganner. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's he's lost the starting job to Stephen Adams. I mean, he's, uh, but he he's still great. I think he's gonna put in some points, which totally throws out Savonis for Rookie of the Year <laughs> in my eyes, Tim. So <laughs> I feel like me me picking. Cantor has has just shattered that, but I, you know, I don't know. I I, I want Billy Donovan's in, Billy Donovan's in his office right now, taking his wiping you know Cantor's name off the list, and Sabonis like nope, they're not winning any awards. <laughs> Shot each other. Uh, uh, number two, kind of a dark horse, but I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Miles Turner from Ooh. Indiana because he's gonna he's gonna be backing up Al Jeff, and he had a, a really underrated rookie season last year. I think. Uh, he would actually. I, I think he would actually have a chance at maybe defensive player of the year in a few years if he was starting. I, I don't know how long Al Jeff's going to be in Indiana, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of sad that they didn't go with Miles Turner. But I understand because he's young and everything. But um, he's going to be my number two pick and um, number three. I'm going to go with the easy one. I'm going to say Iguodala. Um, there's there's no reason why he shouldn't win this at all. He's already won finals MVP with them, so sixth man of the year, add to the hardware. I'm like 95% sure that uh, uh, Miles Turner's going to start and they're going to bring Jefferson <laughs> okay. off the bench, but I don't know, though. You know, we'll see what happens. On the bright side, number three, the man <laughs> who works the game after. Nice save! <laughs> uh, and Sean, go into your Miles Turner real fast, just because he's been brought up a few times. I think he is he is my favorite for most improved if he were to get a postseason award. Okay. A lot. Uh, that, like that's like where it. I would plug him. We'll, we'll go there in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Hoo-hoo. Maybe. But uh, number two, Anus Cantor. You guys have said enough about it. Uh, 
because I think Sabotis is going to start. I think Cantor will come up and, and fill in and torch the benches of the other teams. Uh, six man, nothing we haven't heard before. Iguodala, it just makes sense. He's going to reap the benefits of that roster. I like it. So we're pretty even there, pretty close to the discussion there. So, gentlemen, we have two awards we're going to cover here for quick because I'm super stoked now. Coach of the Year. Um, Alex, why don't you start out Coach of the Year? Who do you have? Okay, so for my number three, you said you're stoked, but would you say that you're stotzed? (laughs) (laughs) Terry Stotz. uh, I get it. (laughs) I think think he's doing some good shit in in Portland. You know my love for the Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it knows no bounds. Uh, We'll get there later. But uh, I think Terry Stotts is going to be a perennial top three coach of the year, which is good because I think that makes him least likely to get fired, unlike the person who wins coach of the year, which apparently is most likely to get fired. Uh, Number two, because they have no bar to jump and no expectations to actually exceed Luke Walton. Okay. I think if Luke Walton like it. it's, gets him 22 wins, 24 wins, if he, if he does just a little bit better than what people expect of the Lakers team, I think he could definitely be a favorite because it's become less about best you know best record and more about the like what did you do with what you had kind of thing. Which brings me to number one, Brad Stevens. Ah, uh, just- that was mine. Ah, got it first. Ah, ah. No, uh, uh, I think it's it's. I I mean, Boston has done a great job building. Uh, Danny Ainge has done a bang up job getting that roster back. Uh, he's doing fantastic as an NBA coach. I think this is his year. I like it. I like it. Those are all good. I'm going to piggyback, obviously, because I have to. Because you know we're basketball fans and we are all thinking the same stuff. Um. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, number three, Terry Stotts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Terry Stotts, I'm going to go with him. Uh, I I think Portland is going to be amazing this year. I really do. We'll talk about that a little, little bit later. And then I'm going to go with Brad Stevens. Uh, Alex, you said that it's time. I agree, it is time. But I, I cannot, in good conscience, make him my number one candidate. It's going to be Tom Thibodeau. Oh! <laughs> You're loving this, T-Wolves. It's going to be Tom I love this T Wolves. He is going to lead them. He is going to lead them to the promised land. I'm going to say that I'm 80 percent sure he might get them to the eighth seat this year, but I don't know. So, but uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Tim. Okay, well, so this is me now. All right, sweet. Yeah. Um, so the possibility. You know, I, I've, I've joked, I've said that the Warriors were going to win 83 games, and, and then I think I said 86 games, and maybe at some point I said 6,000, but there's a legitimate possibility in this universe that the Golden State Warriors just, like, sleepwalk to 73, 74 wins. That's the thing that could potentially happen. I'm not sure if you guys watch that game against the Clippers, but... They're going to have plenty of time to rest if they go out and they're up by 50 after the first quarter ends. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I think that that's, like, a real concern that the rest of the league has to, like, keep in mind because I've been shocked how many people are like, well, there's no way they get more than 72 wins. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit it probably won't happen. But, I mean, there's definitely a way. They're so good. So, yeah, I mean, number three, if God forbid they beat their 73-win record, Steve Kerr has to win. Although, because I don't think that will happen, I'll put him at three. My number two is Brad Stevens for a lot of the same reason. I think that the entire league, anyone who knows enough about basketball to know the name of a head coach, probably thinks that Brad Stevens is one of the top three coaches in the league. And they're right. Brad Stevens is super smart guy. Checks all the boxes. He motivates his players. He's got great defensive systems. He focuses on the details like inbounds plays. He's pretty good at closing out games, chooses the right lineups. He's very handsome. Everything you want out of a head coach. And, I mean, I think that he, like Ingram, is also 14. And so there's a lot of potential there for the Boston Celtics with a 14-year-old coach. They can hold on to him for a really long time. So I think that will be great for them. My number one is... Guys, you guys are Bulls fans, right? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, I definitely think it's going to be Hoidberg. Um, I think that now that they, the Chicago Bulls fired Hoidberg and he's coaching in, oh, wait, damn. All right, sorry. I was talking about Chibito the whole time. My bad, guys. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. It was an honest mistake. Yeah, wait, okay, so Thibodeau's the one who's good. Um, <laughs> so Thibodeau's number one for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's so good. Why'd you guys do that? That's, all, I guess, all I'm going to say. I, I don't want to throw any more salt in your wounds. Please. Yes, by all means. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, for me, I think my three was Nate McMillan. Uh, Chris, I actually remember listening to your podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, you said you weren't as high on the patience as most people are this year. Um, but I really like what McMillan's putting together out there. Obviously, having Paul George doesn't hurt. So, I think that's going to help them out a little bit, and I think he's going to be big there. Um, Brad Stevens being my number two. I'm going to switch it up because Alex took him, obviously. But um, I love what Stevens is doing. I've loved him since he was at Butler. Uh, the guy revived the Celtics, so he really doesn't really have to do anything ever again in his life. He'll be considered a legend, probably. So, pops, uh, props there. And um, we talked about Utah a little bit. I really like what Quinn, like really like Quinn Schneider for this year. I think Utah is going to be a team that's really going to continue to improve uh, as their players get better, and he's doing a good job of putting that his system into Utah. So, I think he could definitely be a, a dark horse winner, and I'll, I'll go ahead and pick him for my surprise win of the year. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I like it. I really like the Nate McMillan pick too. I think the Pacers are going to be really good this year. So I, even oh, though I, God. I wish I wish Vogel I wish I wish Vogel was still there. That's the only thing. Like I, I, I think he's a better coach. But I, I really do. I do. Chris, what? Why? Why are you griping? So, how many losses do the Indiana Pacers need to get for me to come back on the podcast and? For me, for just 45 minutes straight to just laugh at you guys and how wrong you were. <laughs> like, like, when they get to, when we get to the all-star break and they've already lost, like, 50 games and they're out of the playoffs, like, definitely, like... Okay, that, okay. Uh, yes, yeah, that, that will be enough. If you do that, you can come on here and you can talk for a half hour about it. We'll let you. But I, I'm predicting, since the East sucks so much... And I really have faith in Paul George this season, and I think I like his backup cast. It's new, but I think they can put it together, hopefully. So, but... I really I, like Paul George, too. And, you know, I, I named my dog Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, my... my I you said daughter. Uh, my other dog, <laughs> my other dog, KD, was running around here interrupting stuff right now. And, you know, so the Kobe Bryant more so than the KD thing... You know, I, I'm all for the efficacy of a high-volume shooter-type guard wing player, but you need the right type of guys around him. You need guys like, you know, West and, you know, Lance Stevenson back during his good year and guys like George Hill who sneakily shot 40% from three like every year for them and played great defense. I mean, you need a Shaq for a Kobe or else Kobe, yeah, Kobe had that 35-point season where he put up 81 on the Raptors that one game, but the Lakers were crap that year. Like, Paul George has been above league average efficiency. How many times, guys? It's a pop quiz. I'm going to answer it uh, one. One time in his entire <laughs> career, he's been above league average efficiency. And, like, I'm not even going to grace the idea that Monte Ellis has been anywhere near league efficiency. Miles Turner also shot under 30% from three last year. That is young horrifically inefficient his whole career uh, sneakily last year uh, Jeff Teague had the worst on-off defensive numbers in the league for a point guard part of which was because he was being replaced by Dennis Schroeder who's a good defender but part of which was just because he's really bad so that's the thing and then uh, I mean basically you have one good one plus defender and five inefficient offensive players and a couple of guys on one side who are playing out of position, and I don't like it. You don't. You don't no. like that at all. No. I, I, I get your points there. I get it. I get it. But I, I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to be good. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I want you to come back and, and talk to me about the Pacers. Because um, I don't really like it. I have nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't even. Blow in my ear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that image. Uh, I, I said at the start of this podcast that I was born ready, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. That's Lance Stevenson' nickname. You know, born ready. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're from Cincinnati. He played at UC, so we're we're pretty familiar with Lance. Oh God, 
I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I actually totally forgot about this until Sean reminded me. Uh, most improved players. So this is a big one here because it's a lot of young talent up and coming. Uh, Chris lists a lot of excellent ones here uh, that we can really go off. So, so Chris, if you had to pick your top three in the most improved player, where would you go? Oh, um, so my number three, I'm going to give to Harrison Barnes, not because I have any faith in him personally. Um, let me get it out of the way really quick for your listeners that I'm from Dallas. And, uh, you know, that's why I mentioned earlier that Hassan Whiteside, when he decided to go to Miami over Dallas, was a really fun, fun event for me. Uh, I really enjoyed that being spurned by an elite center. Once again, that was great for me. Anyways, enough sobbing. Harrison Barnes, it's not so much that I have faith in him. I have faith in Rick Carlisle to be able to make something out of him. And the reality of this team is the way that it's constructed, he'll have plenty of minutes to play. Dirk can't be on the court for the whole game. I think he might be 70 or 80 now at this point. And that means that he's only going to be able to play like 10 or 15 minutes. And that means that there's going to be tons of minutes at power forward for Harrison Barnes to play. And he'll start at small forward. So that's why I got him number three. Number two, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's really sad to hear what happened with Chris Middleton, and it's a real bummer for the team, but it just means that Giannis has even more of a burden to carry. So Giannis is going to do everything for this team, and at the end of the day, I don't think that the voters for this award anyways are going to ignore stats like that. Number one, D'Angelo, because I think that Byron Scott might have been hired by someone who you know, D'Angelo really pissed off when he was younger or something like that, because I think that someone took a hit out on D'Angelo's career and Byron Scott tried as hard as possible to assassinate his talent. And now he's going to come back. He's got ice in his veins. He's got a coach who believes in him and is going to run a system that is, you know, not terrible. And uh, I just, you know, the whole D'Angelo pick for number one, it's like he just, we we've, I've seen enough of D'Angelo Russell to know that he's a great player, and I've seen enough of Byron Scott to know that it was just him holding him back. I agree with that. I actually. like that pick. I like that a lot. I yeah, yeah. I also completely agree. He's I mean, he's he's ridiculously talented. Like you can see it, you know it's going to happen. So, and I hope it does. He's got ice in his veins. <laughs> yes. Now, Sean. Good, Alex. I have a favor to ask of you. Okay, what's your favorite? I need you to check yourself before you wigginsy wigginsy wreck yourself because I got I, I got Andrew Wiggins at three for most improved. I like it. Uh, I, like that. I, I think Tibbs is going to bring a new dimension to to what he's capable of. I think he's going to play to Wiggins' strengths. Uh, I, I think this is going to be the he's going to get visited by the uh, the Tom Tibbenomes to sprinkle their tips dust to to make him play the D real good. Uh, after that, I've got Steven Adams, because why not? And I spoiled it earlier, but Miles Turner at number one, uh, just because it, he has a good chance to put a good numbers on an okay to good Pacers team, depending on who you ask in this room. (laughs) And, uh, so I get a good opportunity to, uh, to maybe, maybe fly a little higher than he should, but, uh... I, I think he's a front runner for most improved. I do want to briefly like mention, it. and I mean briefly, oh. I think Miles. Shut up, Katie. I think Miles Turner is going to be good. So, uh, not next year necessarily, but like, I really like Miles Turner. Anyways, go ahead, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Dennis Schroeder as my number three. I think uh, you know, with Jeff T gone, he's going to. His numbers are going to look much more inflated. Um, and then I'm going to go... I, I don't know if I should do this, because I don't, I don't... I really don't like picking second-year players in, in you, this you, category, but it happens. You're getting a preseason award. You're not, like, cheating on a diet. <laughs> I know, I know, but, like, it's, it's <laughs> most improved in your second season. You're supposed to improve in your second oh, are season. Oh, those bad carbs? Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> But uh, I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I, I think he's going to put up monster numbers this year. He's and I've heard he's gluten free. He's he's something, man. He's I mean he's sh- shooting well. I like him a lot. But my number one, I'm not going to go with Atkinsy Towns. Yes, <laughs> Atkinsy. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number one, I'm actually I'm an, I'm gonna go with Hassan Whiteside, just because I I think the the numbers he's gonna put up in Miami are gonna be ridiculous this year, especially with like Bosch gone and uh, I, he's just gonna be pulling down boards and making easy baskets and 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 doing all that fun stuff you want him to do. That's so I'm gonna go with with him. So let's go to MVP, guys. Oh, whoa, 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 hey. Oh, 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 Tim, Tim, you didn't give your three, did you? No. Well, let's well, go. You saying, you saying let's like, do it. You are saying, like, let's go to the MVP, Tim, to say his last one. <laughs> thank you. Okay, I'll take that. In that case, Sean, The MVP. You. The MVP, Tim. So, MVP, most valuable Tim. <laughs> most valuable yes. podcaster. Thank you, guys. I appreciate yes. that. Yes. So, uh, Chris had Giannis on his list, and I love Giannis. I think Giannis will be the best player on this team. But actually, I'm going to put Jabari Parker on this list because his upside is still tremendous. Uh, last year, uh, he, has, he shot 40% from the field but wasn't used a whole lot. I think with, the, with the, the losses this team has had, I think, you know, we could really expect Jabari to really take another step forward for this team. I think he's going to be a big asset as the Bucks move forward. Um, I really like D'Angelo Russell a lot in this situation because I do agree that Byron Scott held him hostage with minutes. And I think that he's a spe- such a special talent, and he could really be the next great Laker point guard as the years go on. Um, and so I think I'm really looking forward to that. But Devin Booker, I think you know I'm kind of piggybacking off LeBron here because LeBron did that podcast where he said he's going to be the next big, uh, he's going to be an All Star, he's going to be one of the next big stars in this league. I think he's just going to continue to be better and better. We saw that if you watched there was a preseason game last Friday, it was Portland and Phoenix, and the game was literally just a track meet between Damian Lillard and Devin Booker making baskets. And I think Booker has all the t- tools to be a special player in this league. And I think that this is this is going to be the first year we take to see him take that step. Yeah. Plus, he's not even 20 years old yet. And he looks like a baby. Yeah. I want to replace Harrison Barnes with uh, with Devin Booker. Awesome. <laughs> no, take, no, no take your backers. You can't do it. You can't do it. What's done is done, Chris. All right. I, I don't need this. <laughs> I was born ready, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last one goes to MVP, and since Sean wanted to skip me, I better make sure I get mine in, right? <laughs> uh, all right, so if you've been listening to this show, I've been calling this award all year, but I guess I'll go ahead and give you the other two because I guess I kind of have to. Um, number three for MVP this year, uh, I really think, you know, it's really hard to pick one of the Golden State guys, but if I do, I think Kevin Durant's going to thrive a lot more and people are giving him credit. And, the, and that offense, he's going to be excellent there. He's going to be really kind of the glue that puts that together between Clay, Steph, and crew. And so I'm really looking forward to what he brings there. Um, number two, I went back and forth on this a lot between these two teammates. Uh, but I had to go with LeBron. As much as I love Kyrie, I think Kyrie's going to continue to become one of the best players in this league. Uh, I'm not ready to dethrone the king from that circumstance yet. So I'm really expecting LeBron to have another huge year. Um, I do agree with him to a point with Alex where he's saying that he thinks that Cleveland's going to take the foot off the gas a little bit and kind of let him rest a little more. I think Teron Lou's very big on that game plan. But uh, number one for me is Russ. And I know Vegas obviously lists him as the favorite to win MVP, so it might be cliche. But you're talking about a guy that's going to literally have to do everything for his team to succeed this year. Um, he's you know he's going to have to be the best player on the court every night. And we all know Russell Westbrook with a chip on his shoulder is something that's fun to watch. So uh, I'm going to keep my pick there, Russell Westbrook. I already bet a pair of sneakers on it. So we all know how much I love my sneakers. So I can't really lose out on those. Uh, so I'm going to go with Russ there. Uh, Alex, what do, you, what do you think about that? Uh, I have Russ. I Sorry about your sneakers, but I have him not winning. Uh, I actually, uh, for, <laughs> for my number three, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, Damian Lillard because again, my love for Portland knows no bounds. Uh, number two, I went LeBron, just like I said before, I think he's going to do less of more, if that makes any sense, where I think it's not going to be so much like points, rebounds, assists. I think there's going to be points, rebounds, assists but sacrificed to boost, like, steals, blocks, and and things like that. Uh, I think we're going to see an unreal field goal percentage from him. Uh, I think his true shooting percentage is going to be out of this world this season. Uh, But, number one, I made an egregious error last week saying that I was not familiar with James Harden's ability to pass, but I think James Harden and the D'Antoni system 
is going to maybe run away with MVP just by a volume of stat amount. Man, he's always been a great passer. I know, and like I said, it was a mistake, and I'm I'm owning up to it. I don't get I don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of Houston basketball. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think it's a so, common misconception. I can at least give you that. What's that? I think it's a common misconception. I yeah, think a lot I of mean, people are down on him. Right, he's the NBA's black hole. But no, I, I think you're that right. him running point and everything is going to is going to elevate a lot of his stats. I think the D'Antoni system, if the NBA has forgotten how to defend against it, uh, he'll excel in that as a system that's made for him. I could see him easily doing 25 points, eight, eight and a half assists a game, and maybe six boards. Uh, so I think from a volume, like a volume side, I think he could really run away with it. Okay, I oh, want to follow that up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. Is that cool? Okay, so first... I'm going to talk a little bit about James Harden there. Me, I really like the Houston Rockets as far as going into next season. I think a lot of people were down on them for a couple of reasons. One, a lot of the contracts they signed aren't going to look so good in four years. But next year, it's not four years from now. It's just one year from now. And, I mean, the first year of guys like Aaron Gordon is probably going to be their best. I mean, Ryan Anderson is on the better side of his prime. He'll be really good this year. And, uh, you know, I I think people started to equate contract length with the quality of player they are right now. So as far as winning right now, I think the Rockets are going to be great. And uh, I still, though, I have Houston's Rockets best player, James Harden, number two in MVP, though, because of, you know, basically what Alex uh, did right there. I think that the league consensus on James Harden is just, nope, no good, not going to do it. So... You know, if he got 25 points next year, it would be a drop-off from what he's put up ever since he's gotten to Houston. I think D'Antoni's going to come in. You know, maybe they were getting 90 possessions per game before. That's going to go up to 120 possessions because, you know, they're going to do seven seconds or less, be getting up shots. So I would be a little bit surprised if he didn't average over 30 points. That same statistical jump would bring him from 8.5 assists last year to now 10 assists, so now we're at like 32, 33 points and, you know, 10, 11 assists. And also, he's a really underrated rebounder, so, you know, it would go from like 6.3, 6.4 to a full eight rebounds. That's, I mean, 32 points, 11 assists, and eight rebounds. That's like a reasonable expectation for James Harden next year. But people still won't like him. And MVP, you know, it's a legacy award, right? You know, Derek Rose won that one year in Chicago. I'm sorry, LeBron was better that year. I'm sorry, guys. I know you're from Chicago, but that's just a reality there. So I think this is a little bit like the war in the Middle East, all right? You know, the the award voters already went in. They screwed things up by giving it to Derek Rose. We can say that that's like Reagan giving tanks to Saddam Hussein. And now it's a really hard question. Are we going to give it to the actual MVP, James Harden, who will statistically be the best player? Or are we going to make up for our wrongs and, like, you know, try to chase out, I don't know, we'll, we'll say Al-Qaeda. So it's like, you know, either we try to fix the problem by continuing the problem of the whole legacy thing and we give it to LeBron or we give it to the new MVP and we just sort of are like, oh, well, gee, sorry, LeBron, like, it sucks that you didn't get that one legacy MVP then, you know, and they gave it to Derrick Rose because the narrative was great, but we're not going to give it to you later in your career after you single-handedly won the finals for your team in Cleveland, you know, bringing the first championship to a barren, terrible city. So, you know, yeah, sorry, you know, better luck in your next reincarnation as, I don't know, whatever you end up being, maybe like God, self. So anyways, long story short, I think that MVP voters have so far proven, like the United States, that rather than, you know, fix things going forward and just starting to actually give it to the MVP, they're going to go for the best story, and the best story is going to be LeBron. So LeBron's going to get it, and I'm happy for him, but James Harden's going to have an amazing career. And now the question is, who is James Harden going to get his MVP for when someone else has a better season? And the problem continues, man. This is why the Middle East is a problem. <laughs> that was I, I, awesome. I, I, you know, I almost completely agree with all of that. 
<laughs> oh, and uh, see, I think the I think the war in the Middle East is more like the plot to Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't like how they were running their town without the dancing, so we sent Kevin Bacon in. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? It's like we went in and we tried to fix the Middle East, you know, and like. Now we're gonna like make up for past mistakes. Like, oh, okay, we'll give it to LeBron now because he should have gotten it before. But that just like passes the buck along to James Harden, who should win this year. James Harden is ISIS. It's like your thing. <laughs> so, Sean, you have to follow that up with your MVP projections. <laughs> I, I don't even know how I follow. <laughs> Guys, I have a long day. <laughs> when you're the last guy, it's like everyone's already said everything that you want to say, and um. Tim, I'm sorry. I'm not going to put Russell in my top three. I, I just I have this grand fear of him carrying the entire team on his shoulders and his back getting really, really hurty all of a sudden. From Figuratively or literally? And both. I smell an injury brewing with him. And you know what? He has ice flowing through his veins. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He is one of my favorite players to watch. I not too many people have the desire to win like Russell Westbrook does. So, but I can't put him in there. So, uh, I'm going to go with number three. It's a boring choice. I'm going to go with LeBron. I think this is. His, I, I'm. I'm going to say this. I'll probably end up regretting it. I. I think this is his last year to win an MVP. I don't know if he will. And I've, I've said this before. With you know, Cleveland's got their title now. Um, he's got two titles in Miami. I don't think the, I don't know if he's going to be desperate enough to to put on another MVP season. But I'm going to put him in there anyway because I always write him off and then I I get burned. So I'm going to go with him at my number three, uh, James Harden. For every reason everyone else mentioned before me, yes, he's Wait, he's going to put up James Harden. <laughs> do, you, do you know Do you know this guy? He has a beard. <laughs> No, wait, t- tell me about him. Uh, well, you know what? Could, could, could you maybe equate him to the Middle East? <laughs> well, all I can say is he's apparently as good as Jeremy Lamb, because that's what he got traded for. So, uh, so he... Uh, and, and the draft he's, he's formerly good, known as Stephen Adams. <laughs> a former, yes, and a uh, broken-down shooter who shoots from his uh, chest named right. Kevin Martin, who I don't even know. Is he still playing? I think he's uh, on Spurs still, yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah, that's right. He, he's a Spur, that's right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. The so yeah, that, so so the <laughs> the Rockets got the league's best scorer, you know, highest volume scorer for nobody. It's amazing because they didn't want to pay him that extra money, and you know OKC would have won a damn title had he stayed. I mean, they had to have. But anyways, um, fact. I'm gonna go with it. I'm going to go with my number one pick. I'm going to steal one out of Alex's bag. And when I say steal, I thought of it first, but you went before me. So uh, Damian Lillard, I'm going to go with him. Oh. He's, number, he's going to be my number one pick. Uh, Look at the big MVP. balls on Sean. Yeah, yeah. I hope we can come back at the end of the season and everyone can just suck on him. Your balls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll be our think, first video episode. I think I think Damian Lillard <laughs> I think Damian Lillard has a bigger chip on his shoulder than anyone right now, mainly because he's so short. I, I think he's he's written off <laughs> and that, well that, that's part of it, man. You gotta throw that in. That's you know, short players usually you know, JJ Maria, man, he was crazy in that series against the Heat. He just let him have it. He single handedly picked apart their offense. There was no reason why JJ Maria was that good. He just Oh he my just god, there is Analytics, so, guys. Analytics, analytics. Okay, okay. But Damian Lillard, he is, uh, I, I I think, the year, I mean, everybody didn't really expect them to be as good without LaMarcus Aldridge last year. They overachieved, but they didn't really overachieve at the same time. I think they're they're well coached. And I think he's pissed, he, you know, he's said in an interview that he's really pissed off about the super teams. You know, he doesn't want to be part of that. Um, and uh, I, I just... I think he's going to go off this season, and I really do. Now, is he going to put up the same numbers as James Harden? Probably not. But, you know, that's a toughie. After listening to you rant for a while, Chris, you know, you know it, it, it makes the decision a lot tougher. But I, I'm still going to stick with Damian Lillard. You see, Jim, uh, Damian Lillard is like Southeast Asia, okay? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you had something there. I was like really looking forward to that. 
Awesome. So that is the... Go ahead. The Kawhi Leonard is like the Pacific Islands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And that was our edition of the Corner 3 Podcast doing our awards predictions for the year. Uh, awesome. We've had a great time joined by Chris Axman. Thank you again for taking some time to talk with us. Before we get out of here, why don't you go ahead and take a minute here to kind of shout out your Twitter, your in, your website, uh, how we can find you and check out your podcasts. Yeah, definitely. I am Chris Axman. I'm the host of Almighty Ball and the Almighty Podcast, and I run the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. Just remember Almighty and Baller Look that up, almightyballer.com. That's the site. And if you ever want to check us out, we're a featured network at Blog Talk Radio. It's great. Pays the bills. Keeps the lights on. You know, my dog, KD, doesn't actually get the contract that the real KD got from the Warriors, so I have to feed her. So make sure you go and listen to my podcast so my puppy doesn't starve. She's kind of a jerk sometimes, but, you know, she's still a really nice dog and really cute. And, you know, thanks for checking the stuff out. Twitter is at AlmightyBallin. Facebook is AlmightyBaller.com. We've got tons of great podcasts at the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. You know, we got Hoops Historians. That covers Hoops history. And uh, I'll see you in court, guys. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, The Flagrant Take, a weekly news show. We're adding our second fantasy basketball show with the Motown Mauler, who's won. I think he's getting kind of close to half a mil in DFS winning. So... That's pretty yeah. intense, and uh, yeah, we're adding that to the waiver wire, hosted by the number two and number three best fantasy basketball analysts in the entire continent of Australia. So, um, yeah, make sure you check us out. Thanks for letting me uh, do my little plug there, and it's great coming on, guys. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Definitely appreciate it. So, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Corner Three on behalf of the team here. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Be sure to check out our website at thecorner3.net, and everyone enjoy your night. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.